1: This is Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
0: Welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA, You'll hear Sports Day every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Bonzer. And tonight, alongside my normal partner in crime from the Geelong Footy Club, Sydney, the Eagles, he's a premiership player, he's a Kent Farmer medalist, Anything else, Menz? No, I'm happy with
2: the Premiership player, Bonds. All right, it's Dan Menzel. It's good to be here, Bonds. It was a great weekend of sport. The match simulation was here, which means that AFL is back. An incredible weekend of cricket as well, which I'm really looking forward to getting.
0: Yes, it felt that everything was right in the world with footy back. Uh, We will talk about those games. Uh, We are going to talk about... The sensational Women's T20 World Cup win. We'll leave that for later in the show. We'll talk about the Redbacks getting into the Marsh Cup uh, final. And we have a special guest from the Redbacks. The new superstar of South Australian cricket, the left arm quick himself with the beautiful mane. It's Spencer Johnson will be joining us. And Kia Top 7 as well. What have you got for the Kia Top 7 tonight, men's?
2: Yeah, well, we're, we're thinking that with all the AFL teams, or at least nearly every single one, announcing their captains over the previous couple of weeks, we're going to have a look at the top seven captains Ooh, in I the like AFL it. since 2000.
0: Oh, I like it. I'm looking forward to that. And you can be part of the show as well. You can give us a call, one 736 736 or text in on 427 one five four one double six. Maybe you can get your favourite captain of the last twenty three years. Text in who you think, and maybe uh, yeah, might might be on men's list. There's might plenty not. in there. It's a, it's a tough list to do, Bond. So I'll be interested to see what uh, what people think. Hot topic time. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Wow! I
3: feel good. Sports Day SA. On cruise thirteen twenty
0: three and sixteen twenty nine, sensa. So, men's, uh, let's have a look at some of these practice come simulation <laughs> games. Yes,
2: the match simulation game. So, yeah, so we we obviously had all the games Thursday and Friday last yes. week, and so it's really hard to break down what happened in these games, who played, but. I've got basically a wrap of their first four quarters or their main part that they play yep. with their main team. So we'll start with the first game, which was Geelong taking on Hawthorne. Now, Geelong won that game 20 goals, 12, 138, defeated Hawthorn seven goals, 11, 53. We briefly touched on this on Friday, Bonds, that – Geelong had a pretty good side in Hawthorne played a lot of their names as well, but they were no match for Geelong at all. Geelong just got rolling and Hawthorne, uh, I talked about them being the wooden spooners this year. They certainly
0: look all of that. I wish you'd stop saying that. Cats were scary though. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were very good.
2: They, they played all of their recruits. Jack Bowes uh, played a half. He looked really good uh, and composed on the halfback flank. Tanner Bruin uh, had a really good game over the four quarters. and Now, he spent the most time in the midfield out of any Geelong player. So, interesting for those, whether it be for fantasy purposes or whether it be just for Geelong purposes, uh, he's going to spend a bit of time in the midfield this yeah. year. Uh, Ollie Henry as well, he kicked four goals in the forward line. So, a massive tick for the Geelong List Management crew after their first match simulation game. They'll be really happy with that. The other one that I want to mention is Max Holmes spent 50% of the time in the CBA bounces, so in the centre bounces. Um, So he is one that we heard Patrick Dangerfield say could potentially win a Brownlow one day. Uh, That's uh, some scary things potentially to come from Max Holmes this year. If we go to your Hawks, um, Jai Newcombe looked the best player on the ground for the Hawks. He spent the most time in the middle. He had 66% of time in centre bounces. Uh, and the other one is James Warple had a pretty good day. Will Day was another one who impressed yep. on the Young Guns. So a couple of good young players there for Hawthorne, but uh, completely outclassed
0: against the Cats. What about the Bombers and the Gold Coast?
2: Yeah, so this was a close game. The Bombers won 11 goals, 14, 82, 11 goals, 9, 75. So they played five 25-minute uh, periods quarters. with no time on. So five 25-minute uh, quarters, if you will. <laughs> um, I touched on Jai Menzi having a really good game. Uh, Darcy Parrish spent a lot of time in the midfield and Will Setterfield from uh, from Carlton. Yes. He spent a lot of time in there as well. So it would be interesting to see how he goes in, in getting a good crack at that, that. This year uh, for the Gold Coast, um, he's a young player for you to keep an eye on. Bailey Humphrey is the one who put his name up for round one selection. So there's no Tuke Miller. He has just tweaked or he's done a hamstring. So yep. they expect him to be there for round one, but it's concerning this late in the piece in preseason to be out with a hamstring and probably not going to play a, a preseason game.
0: Richmond and North Melbourne. Not a bad game, this. I watched this.
2: Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I think Richmond uh, look much classier, and they probably could have won by more, but North Melbourne would be very happy. Richmond, 11 goals, nine seventy five defeated North Melbourne. 10 goals, thirteen seventy three in their four 25-minute quarters. So uh, some really good signs from the Kangaroos. Harry Sheasel was very clean. He kicked three goals. Uh, the number three draft pick from
0: last year. He's going to be a player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wearing the number three, too. Looked, uh, looked, yeah, straight away, looked ready for AFL footy.
2: He did. Uh, Will Phillips and Tom Powell look really good. Now, it's great to see Will Phillips uh, play and play well. He spent 66% of the time in the midfield. The other one that surprised me was Kem Zerha spent 66% of the time in the mm. midfield, too. So, Klerko might be going, all right, well, I see a little bit of him, not just in the forward line, but he actually can maybe play like your Jordan Degoe, your Dustin Martin, those guys who spend a bit of time in the midfield, bigger body, uh, that can really help us in the midfield, but also in the forward line. If we look at Richmond, uh, Tim Taranto looked extremely good. He kicked three goals from the midfield. Uh, He is one for fantasy, but also one for – just to watch out for this year. He's going to be very good for them, as will Jacob Hopper. They were spent 70% of the time in the midfield. And the other one is Dion Prestia. He only played three quarters, but he was there, which is really important for the Tigers because when Dion Prestia plays, Richmond usually win.
0: Brisbane and the Swans.
2: Yeah, look, Sydney had a couple out here, but Brisbane looked ultra impressive. Brisbane, 15 goals, 9-99, defeated Sydney, 8 goals, 6-54, Four quarters there was played. Jack Gunston looked really good. He kicked three goals. Cam Rayner was pretty good on the half-back line. Uh, Josh Dunkley, solid as well. So they'll be really happy with the recruits that they brought in Brisbane. Uh, For Sydney, um, Errol Gordon was their best, and he played really well, and it was in the midfield. So I know that you like, uh, nay, uh, like Holland and a couple of players potentially for fantasy bonds. Here is one, Errol Gordon, if he yep. stays in that midfield inside the centre square, he will have a massive season. Um, Chad Warner was good again and James Rowbottom. So,
0: But Brisbane's extremely impressive in this game. Carlton Collingwood uh, had a good game in front of a big crowd too at Icon Park.
2: Yeah, it was. Carlton won 12-12-84 to Collingwood 11-8-74. Paddy Cripps rolled his ankle. It should be fine, but just some slight concerns there. Um, But the one for mine was Nick Dacos. He spent 50% of the time in the midfield. He was the best player on the ground. Uh, He looked extremely good. They've got Tom Mitchell there as well. Um, But Carlton, some good signs.
0: Melbourne and St Kilda.
2: Yeah, look, this was six 25-minute Quarters for your Bonds. Um, okay. Melbourne, 16 goals, 9-105. Ultra impressive. Defeated St. Kilda, 6-10-46, who looked really poor. So, uh, Gorn and Grundy had started pretty well, that combination. Uh, Clayton Oliver was very good. Angus Brasher on the half-back line looked good. And Cozzy Pickett spent 41% of the time inside the
0: centre square. So, that is interesting. It is very interesting. He looks very fit too, He does. Cozzy.
2: He he he, he Look, we touched on it with Shea Bolton playing that sort of role. Um, He could do that for them. Steele and Crouch are in the middle for St. Kilda, but um, there's some concerns there. Uh, Jack Billings, unfortunately, is going to be out for a considerable amount of time. We've touched on Jack Hayes and uh, King missing time as well. So... Uh, not a great start for Ross Lyon down at the Saints.
0: Crows played Frio while we are on air last Friday.
2: Yeah, they did. And the Crows, uh, Frio got off to a really good start, but Crows really um, reeled them back in and ended up winning that game. 12 goals, 5-77, defeated, uh, defeated Fremantle. Sorry, 10 goals, 6-66. Six, um, the one that stood out the most was Isaac Rankin. He kicked three goals and he spent time in the midfield as well, which was really interesting to see. Um, he looks like he's going to live up to the hype.
0: Let's hope, let's hope so, that, that's, uh, yeah, Crow's, Crow supporters, I'll be happy, West Coast and Port, 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 Port supporters, not as happy.
2: Yeah, not not as happy, um, West Coast were good, 13 goals, 6, 84, to Port Adelaide, 11, 10, 76, we spoke um, with our, our WA uh, correspondent last, Mark Duffield, yes, last Friday, and he said that Elliot Yeo was airborne and he was the best player on the ground. He looked extremely good Elliot Yeo um Horn Francis was good for uh for Port Adelaide and so with Connor Rosie um but uh yeah, look, they didn't look uh as good as potentially uh the fans would have liked. I think the crows would be wrapped to see Sam Berry up and running Harry Schoenberg looked good for them as well. Right, uh, Rankin we touched on and Rochelle as well. But I think for Port, uh, a little bit slower out of the gates. Um, Wines was not too bad. but And Sam, Sam Pepper was the one who played really well for Port Adelaide yep. as well. But they'll want to play better this week because they weren't that good against West Coast. They take on Freo this week, the power. Um, They're a little bit slow. You can't take too much out of match, Sim. But uh, I think Crows fans would be much happier with their performance than what Port fans would be after the weekend's games.
0: That was comprehensive my friend and you've done a lot of hard work and well done uh, for doing that and uh, we we'll, um, also another captain named
2: yeah we do we have Patrick Dangerfield named um, from uh, for the uh, Geelong Football Club so he will captain um, he will captain Geelong and Tom Stewart will be the vice captain I think we have a caller uh, on the line bonds we've got Troy from WA um, he wants to have a chat to us uh, Troy what he got for us.
3: I want to talk about your brain.
2: Oh, concussion. Is that what you're alluding to?
3: Yeah, mate. Um, as you've probably got the gab over the summer period, boys, I'm, you know, I don't mind cracking a joke and stuff like that, but this concussion and Sam Fantasia can verify this and probably the listeners that have been here for a quite a while, concussions, one of my pet hates at the AFL, as far as I'm concerned, have done absolutely nothing with. Um. Now, I'm not going to ask you men because you've got the player code on you, but that's fine. Um, 1995 was the first paper they had about concussion, and 28 years later, they've done very little. Now, people say once you go over the white line, you accept the risk. Yes. Okay, you accept the risk if the game is played within the rules. That's the first step. Now, the second step is um, when they get to the Tribunal, and when they get to the appeals, get rid of these bloody KCs, these King, king Councils, now they call them. Get rid of it. They're, they're just there to protect the AFL and their brand. And boys, you you blokes know, have a look at Paul Seisman. And there's another player, ex-AFL player, Johnny Platten. You just go and ask them what it's like to have concussion and issues afterwards, you know. And the so with the penalty, money's nothing. You've got to suspend them and send the message early
2: in the season. It's an it's interesting point, Troy. It really is. Um, the concussion stuff, you're right with Seisman and and Platten, obviously, as well. It's scary what it can do to you, and I, I think we're still years away from knowing the real extent of CTE and how much that is prevalent in AFL. We've seen it in the NFL bonds and the NFL for a good 10, 15 years, really swept it under the rug and and tried to um, not actually allow the findings to come out. And as a result, the lawsuits over there are massive. And so I think the AFL is learning from that, but there's still plenty of work to be done.
0: It's an issue in our sport. Uh, The hot topic was brought to us by the Kia Sorento, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Don't forget, text in 0427 154 166 who is your best captain? Because Menz is about to name his top seven captains since 2000. I found this really difficult. There's a lot of good captains
2: and where are the order of them as well. So I'll be interested to get some feedback on this one.
0: It's the summer edition of Sports ASA. You're
1: listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
0: Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 Sensa Paul Bonds are with you alongside Dan Menzel. And, uh, Menz, we are just looking after this show only for another two weeks. Mm. Only nine shows to go, and David Woolley and Malcolm Blight will be in these chairs entertaining you right across the footy season. David Woody and Malcolm Blight back on Sports ASA very, very shortly. Time for the top seven. Thanks to Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento. Sports Day SA. It's the final countdown. On Cruise
3: 1323 and 1629 SA.
0: All right, men's. we gave you a task to name the top seven captains since the year 2000 in the AFL. Uh, Who's at number seven?
2: Yeah, so these are the top seven captains that you would love to play for. Now, these are are guys that you want to go out to battle with. I don't necessarily know a lot of these guys in terms of how they lead inside the four walls because I wasn't with them. So I've gone off basically the way they act on the field. And uh, at number seven, I'm going to go with Tom Harley. Tom Harley led Geelong to the 2007 Premiership and the 2009 Premiership. They were coming off a Premiership drought since 1963, I think it was, the Cats. So it was a long time and uh, they put him in there because they knew he was a cool head, a calm head and could get the best out of his team. And uh, I think that um, he is a massive reason as to why Geelong has had sustained success for such a long time. And now he's a CEO at the Sydney Swans. It's like it. probably another reason. So he is number seven. Who is the number six? Number six, I went with Mark Rusciuto. Now, Mark Rusciuto was the Adelaide captain between 2001 and 2007. He won the AFLPA best captain in 2005 and 2006. I think that holds a lot of weight. If the players and your peers around the competition vote you as the best captain, it shows what they think about you as a leader. So Rusciuto at six. Number five. I've got Scott Pendlebury at five. Now, he captained Collingwood for 184 games. He captained them to a grand final. He was twice the AFLPA best captain uh, in 2020 and last year in 2022 as well. So he is uh, a silky footballer. He got it done. He's one that if you ran out there beside him, you knew what you'd get from him every single time. Scott Pendlebury at number five. Number four. I have Trent Cochin at number four. Now, Trent Cotchen, uh, Captain Richmond to nearly 200 games. And in that time, they won two-thirds of those games. 130 games that, of those 200, he they won. And more importantly, three premierships. And I think he changed the way he was as a leader. Uh, and this was a massive reason as to why they had success and he led them to that success. Number three. Number three, I've gone with uh, one of my captains, Joel Selwood. So 245 games as captain, the most games as captain, the most wins as captain as well. He only won the uh, AFLPA Best Captain War once, which is surprising, back in 2013. Uh, he captained Geelong to the one premiership. He played in four but only captained them to the one premiership, which is probably what held him back from giving him the one or the two title. Number two. At number two, I went with Luke Hodge. Um, He's a player that you just wanted to play for. Uh, When the game was on the line, he won two Norm Smith medals that he was captain in. Uh, He captained them to four grand finals and three of them were premierships. Luke Hodge is as hard as they come. He's as much of a leader that you want to play with out of anyone, and I found it hard not to put him at number one. But he only has won the best captain from the AFLPA award once, which is why i didn 't give him the number one spot though so
0: the number one spot went to it went to michael
2: Voss now michael Voss uh, he captained Brisbane to the two thousand and one two thousand and one two thousand and two two thousand and three Premierships, and even in the two thousand and four grand final. He got awarded the AFLPA best captain four times, which was 01, 02, 03, 04. That shows what his peers thought about him. Yep. His last 10 minutes of the 2002 grand final, when he controlled the game, he took it from the 50 50 to getting them to win the game. Probably should have won the Norm Smith as well. Uh, he's the reason, that is the reason why I gave him the best captain of the last 23 years. Bond,
0: your thoughts on Michael Voss, Voss at number one? Oh, look, being a Hawthorne man, Hodgie. I would put him number one, but that's, <laughs> but that's just just my bias. Uh, that was thanks to the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Um, look, I think it's really good. I'll just go through them again. Yep, uh, It's Voss at one, Hodge, Selwood, Cotchen, Rusciuto, Pendlebury, and Harley. And I reckon there's uh, probably 10 captains over that period that have
2: I would have loved to have played unlikely. for Jonathan Brown. He's another one that missed. But, um, yeah, some great
0: captains over the past couple of decades and a bit. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. If you want to text in your favourite captain, 0427 154 166. So coming up on the show from the successful Redbacks on the way to a Marsh Cup final, it's the man with the lovely hair, Spencer Johnson.
1: You're listening to Sports Day. For Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
0: Welcome back to the Summer Edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonds are with you alongside Dan Menzel, uh, Men's. It's time to talk cricket. Can't wait to talk to this guy. Um, new Year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools.
3: Sports Day SA. It's my it's now On Cruise 1323 and 1629
0: SENSA. We need to welcome Spencer Johnson to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. G'day, Spencer. How are you going? G'day, Dan. G'day, Bonds. How are we? Uh, we're good. Um, mate, uh, you had a great Big Bash tournament. Let's talk about that first. Um, do you see this as a bit of a turning point in your career? Yeah, um, I guess so. It's, it, was, it was nice to
4: get an opportunity with the Brisbane Heat, so very grateful for, the, for them up there. Um, and then to get a couple of performances as well was, was pretty cool too.
2: Yeah, and obviously, Bonds touched on it. Yeah, Big Bash career um, was really good to see. Uh, question, are you re-signed with the Brisbane Heat for next year?
4: Uh, yes, I originally signed a two-year deal, so I've got, I've, got another, I've got another year to run there. So I'm um, looking forward
2: to getting back up there next year. I have no doubt. I'm sure if you hadn't signed that two-year deal, you would have no doubt had that in front of you anyway with <laughs> uh, such a good tournament. So um, let's uh, let's touch on that. The form with the Brisbane Heat, you guys were, I think, maybe one and five. You You're on the bottom of the table. And then to come all the way through and play in the final, um, it must have been a, a bit of a whirlwind.
4: Yeah, it was, was yeah, I guess we got those Aussie boys back and we we just literally had had a nice ride into the to the finals and um momentum's a big thing especially in Big Bash cricket with games being back to back so um yeah, it was nice to get a couple of performances. I
0: think part of your success there and then leading into being selected for South Australia was a lot of noise from the commentators. All of a sudden there was this <laughs> left-arm guy with the flowing locks, bowling at 145, and everyone just stood up and noticed. So, look, pat on the back to yourself. Uh, it was a, a great tournament and great to see, to see you get some success. I want to ask you, you've been on the Redback squad since 2017, and up until now you haven't been able to break into the side. Do you think there's any reason for that?
4: Well, yeah. Initially there was a few injuries along the way and um, probably building the last three or four years to, to get my body right to play shield cricket. Um, it's not it's not that easy running out, uh, playing four-day cricket. So, um, yeah, played a couple of SEC 11s last year, and, uh, yeah, now we're here and body's, body's feeling good. And um, as a 27-year-old, I'm probably hopefully in the prime peak of my career.
2: So just on that, you touched on the four-day cricket then, the one-day cricket and the big bash, which we've asked you about. What uh, game comes easiest to you, do you think? And, I mean, you'd love to dominate all three, but is there one that you see yourself really specialising in going forward?
4: Um, yeah, I love the Red Bull stuff. We Everyone sort of strives to play test cricket, so test cricket is obviously a goal of, of mine and most, most people. Um, so the Red Bull stuff is uh, where... It's the pinnacle, I guess. Um, and for me, it's probably the one I most enjoy, to be honest.
2: So on that, on the Red Bull stuff, you you took six wickets against Victoria um, in the loss in the Sheffield Shield game. Uh, I guess you'd be obviously very happy with that performance. What, what's changed or what's, um, what's really helped you take your game to the next level and have that success?
4: Um, well, I, I guess being backed in helps. Like, yeah, uh, I went up north and... Um, Bikes like Uzi Amanis and, and the coaches up there were really, I guess they, you, you feel valued up there. And um, now I've brought that back down here and um, obviously having a bit of success for South Australia, which is nice as well. Uh, but it's just sort of the,
0: that confidence that the, the players and coaches have, um, I guess, given me. We spoke to your good mate, Daniel Drew, a couple of weeks ago and he presented you with your South Australian cap, a special moment to get your cap from Drew.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He's, we've, he's obviously one of my best mates. We've played West Torres together. Um, and for him to, to give me that, that red cap was a very special moment for me and also my family as well.
2: It's good to see the uh, Redbacks having some success. We've obviously got the Marsh Cup final coming up against WA in Perth and the Sheffield Shield is still up for grabs. So we'll start on the Marsh Cup. Uh, you must be really looking forward to the opportunity of bowling at the Wacker.
4: Yes, yeah, but I've only played there a couple of times, um, but its I think it's pretty similar to Optus uh, when we played in that uh, BBL final. So looking forward to getting over there and um, hopefully we can put another performance together like we did yesterday. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that, definitely.
2: And then on to the Shield game. The Shield game is against Queensland at the Gabba before that. So a couple of nice tracks for you to bowl on uh, over the coming weeks. Um you'd obviously feel extremely comfortable at the Gabba is that your favorite ground to bowl at now
4: um well i've never played a red ball game there so this this week could be interesting hopefully it's nice and green and nips around um there's good pace and carry which it normally does so that that should be okay um but yeah there i guess so the the white ball wickets are a little bit flatter but there was still good pace there so um for me personally, Adelaide Oval is the best stadium in the world. Um, playing there yesterday is pretty. Any you walk out there is is pretty special. So I I do love playing Adelaide Oval.
0: Is that just because you're an Adelaide boy and and you, you know you grow up and you go watch cricket at the Oval? Um, I yeah I I would have thought that places to bowl at for you uh, the Gabba and the Wacker would be yeah let's get there as quick as we can. But obviously just having that. I, I guess uh, surrounds of Adelaide Oval makes it special.
4: Yeah, well, I've obviously grown up here, and you've—I've watched a lot of cricket here, and even footy recently. And um, yeah, for just when you're out there, you sort of catch yourself staring at the scoreboard or looking into the into the stands. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's pretty cool.
0: Uh, you mentioned footy. Uh, who do you follow in the footy? Um,
4: I sit on the fence a little bit, but I do I do like the Crows um so
2: a bit of a crows interesting okay crowsman. um spence i want to ask about uh international cricket we've asked a couple of the guys we've had on how much do you follow in terms of new zealand and england we've got a great test match going on at the moment uh, you would have tuned into australia and india how much international cricket do you uh tune into um yeah heaps i was
4: watching the the test today um between New Zealand and England, uh, the, the the way that England are playing right right now is pretty special brand of cricket. Um, so it should be a good Ashes this year. But yeah, there's I don't really miss too many cricket games to be fair, and a lot of us don't. I know we sometimes don't like to be called cricket badges, but a lot of us actually are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, no, that's completely fair. And you said the Ashes this year is going to be elite. Um, Thoughts on uh, the potential to get a county season in, if that arose, would that be something that you'd really look forward to?
4: Um, yeah, I'd love to, to go over there and play. It's um, a good experience, uh, bowling in different conditions with different balls. Um, I think for my game personally, it'd be I'd learn a lot. Um, uh, logistically, I don't think I qualify. There's ECB, the cricket, English Cricket Board, have put its new rules in now that. Have find it yeah, not that easy to get over there and play. So maybe down the track, hopefully, but it won't be this year.
2: Interesting. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that, just for us who don't actually know what that means in terms of the rules that England's brought in? What, like, if Daniel Drew is going over, why can you not potentially qualify? Uh,
4: for me, Drew so Drew has played his five Shield games, where I've played one, um, or it's, it's five Shield games or 20 T20 games um and I've, I've played 10 so I'm sort of right in the middle there so hopefully next year if I play a couple more um then I'll have a chance to go over there and you, you can play as an overseas player um so yeah that's that's where I stand at the minute Do
0: you reassess your goals after this summer and see where you're at obviously the body's feeling well the ball's coming out really well um there's a left arm quick playing for Australia called Mitt Stark that's uh, at the end of his career. Uh, do you dare to look that far ahead?
4: Um, not really. For me, I'd like to have another good pre-season. I had a good pre-season this year. Um, and then, I'd, yeah, hopefully have another good one, um, just with the same focus of just trying to get better and get fitter and stronger. Um, this would be my third season back-to-back without sort of missing so I've, I'm getting the game experience in now, and can hopefully just keep keep building there.
2: Now, Bonds, I think I know the answer to this one, but Spence' question. Uh, hopefully, we make the Sheffield Shield final or in the Marsh Cup final. If you could pick one of the two to win, which one would you prefer to win this season?
4: Yeah, well, I w- yeah, we'd love a Shield final. Um, we 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 did actually have a bit of a Red Bull focus this year, so um, to to win a Shield final is, yeah. For a lot of the boys, it would be a dream come true. Um, Brendan Doggett, he's won a couple with Queensland, so we got some experience there. Um, Matthew McSweeney's been around it as well with Queensland, so uh, to to win a Shield would, would be, um, yeah, that's, what,
0: 20-something years yep. ago. So, um, yeah, to, to get one would be pretty cool. Time to break the drought. What do you do away from cricket, Spencer?
4: Um. At the minute, not a lot. I've uh, I've just come back from Queensland, obviously. But before, uh, I was in. Before was uh, went up to the big bash. I was sort of helping my brother. We've we've got a bit of a turf business that sort of keeps us busy a little bit. But um, cricket's sort of taking over now, which is which is pretty cool. But I uh, don't don't mind my turf. Spent a bit of time working for Trent Kelly. Um, he's got yeah. a turf turf business, so um, he's he's looked after me there, which is very, very grateful
0: for. He's a good man. He knows what he's doing around the uh, cricket pitch too, Kels. Um, one, uh, one last question before we let you go. With your success in the Big Bash, has there been any international interest from T Twenty clubs? Um,
4: there's been a little bit, uh, but um, being contracted with South Australia, you're the only one that. You can being a state cricketer. The only one that you can really play for is probably the IPL, which I didn't enter into the auction, so that that was that's out of the question. And then um, the only other one is the sort of the UK season, which I don't qualify for. So all the other ones um, clash with the with the state season, which yeah, um, it, it is what it is. And a lot, of, I'm sure, a lot of players do get interest, but um, we contracted with with your state, so you unfortunately have to miss
0: that one. Mate, congratulations on, make a bit of a breakthrough season for you. It's great to see a, a local South Australian doing so well and bowling Rockets. Um, keep bowling Rockets, my friend, and towel up the, uh, the Western Australians when you get over there, but beat the Queenslanders first. Yes. Absolutely.
4: Thank, thanks, Bond. Thanks, Dan.
2: No worries at all. Spencer Johnson there. It's great to chat to him and hopefully down the track we see him in the IPL and everywhere else once he once he qualifies. But his uh, ascent from where he's come from to where he is now, if he keeps tracking on this trajectory, he could get to anywhere. He's he's, he's come from nowhere
0: effectively. Well, it's a bit tongue in cheek when I mentioned Mitch Stark retiring and, and left-arm quick to replace him. You've seen players before just come from nowhere. Yeah. Todd Murphy's a, a great example of that where he's come from a one season one good season of shield cricket and all of a sudden he's playing for his country so well, we talked about
2: turf. Nathan Lyons probably a great example of yes. coming from um, working on the pitch to actually then being groundsman. part of the being a groundsman and then walking into the team. So things can change pretty quickly, and we saw that with how Spence started the tournament, in the Big Bash, to how he finished it in the Big Bash final. So uh, it's a big thing for Spence going forward.
0: Great chat with uh, Spencer Johnson from the Redbacks, and let's keep talking cricket. Thanks to Tire Power. Think. Safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power.
3: Sports Day SA we will, we will rock you. on cruise thirteen twenty-three and
0: sixteen twenty-nine. Sen SA. Dan, you asked me on Friday: Is there a better team in the world than the Australian women's cricket team? The answer is no. There isn't. That is
2: definitely answered after last night. Um, they were challenged again in South Africa playing at home in front of their crowd. Uh, it was a good crowd as well yes. as in Cape Town. Uh, they certainly got behind them, the uh, South Africans, and it, uh, yeah, it was a really good final. Uh, Beth Mooney was, she's had back-to-back sensational World Cup finals and uh, a really good win for the Australian cricket women's cricket
1: team.
0: Um, I was listening to Waitley this morning, and he said that Beth Mooney, her last four major Um, She's gone 70, 60, 60, 70. It's, yeah, a big-time player. She really is. So we we batted first, as we did uh,
2: last time in 2020, and Australia made six for 156. Beth Mooney, as we touched on, 74 from 53. She just anchored the innings brilliantly. Uh, Lisa Healy came out, made 25. Ash Gardner looked incredible for her 29 before getting out. Um, South Africa bowled reasonably well. And uh, so 6 for 156. uh, Australia was on top, but South Africa was definitely in the game. Uh, Adelaide striker Laura Walbart made 61 for the South Africans, but they fell short 6 for 137. So 19 run winners, the Australians. And... uh, Pack stadiums at the uh, Newland Stadiums, which is what we set it in Cape Town at the start. And it's three in a row for the Australian women's cricket team. Their six T20 World Cup trophy. Incredible. It is. Let's have a listen
0: to Jess Johnson after the game.
3: Oh, yeah, you can't go into a World Cup or a
2: a final not thinking that you're going to lift the trophy. Um, I mean, to South Africa's credit, they took
4: it right to the end and um, the crowd here was absolutely amazing. Um, Even though they weren't necessarily
3: going for us, it was an incredible atmosphere and um, something that's really special to play in front of.
0: Amazing, isn't
2: it? It it really was. And I think if you go through their team, you can understand, and I I was watching it last night and thought, how are these girls going to lose this with the lineup they have? They've got Mooney and Healy at the top. Then instead of bringing in Meg Lanning at three, they brought in Gardner. Um, Then they brought in Harris before they brought in Lanning. And then um, Elise Perry comes in at six and barely has to do anything. And she barely does anything in the game. Yeah. And she's arguably the best player in the team. And so it just shows how good that team is. And Tali McGrath barely has to do a thing as well. Correct. It just shows how good that team is, how deep they bat, how deep they bowl. Um, They are an incredible team. And... uh, no surprise that they won another T20 World Cup. So, well done to the Australian women's cricket team. Now, hey, you said that I asked you Friday if that was the best sporting team uh, in Australia. The other question I did ask you about the cricket was... After day one of the New Zealand-England game, I said, is this game done? Is it over? It seems like it almost is. England have taken the game away from New Zealand. And you said to me, it is too early to tell. Now, you couldn't have been any more right with that call, especially after the last two days of cricket. And and it is a great test match
0: at the moment. It is. So uh, New Zealand ended up at 483 in their second innings, Williamson 132, Blundell 90, Latham, 83. Jack Leach got a five for five for 157. He got 60-something overs. It was ridiculous. But they'd lead by 258 and then at stumps, on, sorry, England are one for 48.
2: Yeah, so on day four. So as we touched on, after day one, England were 350 for yep. three down, absolutely cruising. Uh, it looked like the only result possible was an England win, or potentially a draw if they just bat forever. But because they're batting at such a rapid pace under Brendan McCullum, uh, it didn't look like happening. So they made eight for 435 declared. Then they bowled New Zealand out for 209, and they enforced the follow-on. Yes. So the game, there's no chance that New Zealand was going to win it, is what it seemed. They've come out and made 483. So it is, England are in a great position still, but they need 210 runs with nine wickets remaining. Uh... On the last day's play, it is a great test match. It's it's great cricket to watch.
0: Worth watching tomorrow. Oh, I, this breaks my heart, and it probably breaks a lot of oh no cricket followers. But we need to talk about it. The WNCL final, South Australia taking on Tasmania, uh, and I mentioned to you just before we started um, that I was watching this. Gemma Barsby came in off the forty third over, hit twenty one runs to put the South Australians in front on the DLS. It rained, it poured. And I thought, that's it. They've won it. Well done, girls. I turned off, but I need to come back to that channel later and see that somehow Tasmania had won. Let's listen to the final over. It's, uh, it hurts, but we'll listen. Sarah Coyt down the wicket, and she is bold. Oh, boy. Coyt's in. is stopped. She's out. She's out. She's been stunned by Emma maddox can you believe this? It's Wilson, the teenager, she faces Coyt, and she hits it hard, it's off her arm's oh, it's out again! Can you believe this? Can you believe it? That is has ricocheted off the outstretched hand of Sarah Coyt. Wellington, now she's hit again on the pads, and she's out! Oh, she's out! This is extraordinary! It's Coyt to Mashangwe. And she hits it hard. It's up to mid-off. It's a single and it won't be enough. The Tigers have won it. They've gone back-to-back. Can you believe that? What a final over. South Australia lost five wickets in that final over, scored one run. They needed four runs to claim the title.
2: Yeah, so exactly. Four runs to win with five wickets in hand with an over to go. You you think that there is no chance we're going to get uh, all out As a result, scored the one run, and then on that last run out, we got one run as well, so we fell one run short. Um, We talked about the little hoodoo that they had to overcome. Tasmania had knocked off South Australia. The previous couple of occasions, they played them down there this year. They beat them in the final last year. Um, This one is going to sting. This one's going to hurt for a little while for the South Australians. Uh, It's... Oh, it's a really disappointing, disheartening way. And the thing is, we talked about this off air, that with three, uh, they went off um, because of rain and then played three overs after that. The rain was pretty heavy, it seemed like. At the time, under the uh, Duckworth-Lewis method, South Australia would have won. Yes. If the game did not restart. Yes, and
0: I can't believe it restarted. Yeah. The rain was really heavy. They'd have rain all three. went off a couple of times during South Australia's innings. But uh, oh, just heartbreak. I feel for Gemma and the girls um, and uh, Luke Williams, the coach, it's heartbreak for them. It really is because
2: the 43rd over, Gemma Barsby hit 21 runs to put him in front, to put the Scorpions in front of the DLS uh, when Rain halted play, and it seemed like uh, they'd done enough. And then uh, they got to a position where they needed four runs off the last over. There's no excuses with that. Tasmania, incredible. Um, They've been a very, very good side for a long time and it showed in this final that uh, you can never write off the good teams and it's an incredible win for the Tasmanian
0: team and and equally as heartbreaking for the SA Scorpions. We would like to um, let everyone know as well that good news, uh, Courtney Webb was named WNCL Player of the Year. So... A bit of a, I, I guess, uh, I don't know what. Some it, recognition, some recognition for Courtney is a great, a great season for her. Um, it's not going to feel anything. She, she probably, you know, took the medal and went, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, but they've just blown it. Um, it. I've heard a lot of people saying it's choking. I'm, I hate that word. Yeah, it, I'm not sure it is
2: choking because of the conditions and the weather and everything that was happening. Yeah. There was so much going on, so. Um, yeah, they they were in a, almost an unlosable position, but, um, again, Tasmania credit to them as well.
0: Yes. Congratulations to the Tigers. They are the WNCL champions back to back and, um, Sarah Coit, you're an absolute superstar. Mm, that's <laughs> apparently, incredible. Apparently she grabbed the ball off, Ali, off uh, Elise at least Elise and said, we're not losing this, <laughs> which, which is, which, awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is what you want to hear. That is it? incredible. Um, Almost time for us to go, but before we do, I just want to play this little bit of audio from Travis Head.
2: The conversations were um, robust, I guess, and um, everyone has different opinions. But um, look, I respect the, the coaching staff, the selectors, and I have a really, really strong relationship with them. So I think that's what made it um, the conversations the way they went. Because I think there's respect both ways, and um, we're able to voice our opinions. And at the end of the day, I wake up the next morning, I'm still. Um, on tour, playing for Australia, I still get to do what I love to do, and um, yes, I would love to be competing and playing. But there's another opportunity to support the guys the best way I could, to prepare the best way I could for another opportunity when it when it comes. I felt like I was in a good space. I still feel like I'm in a great space. So, yeah, it's just one, one week that didn't go my way.
0: I love this. Travis Head has gone to the selectors and had a crack, and rightfully so. Fair yeah.
2: enough, uh, and it showed that they made the wrong decision. And we, we absolutely capitulated too. So the selectors had no, would have had no answer for him. And so they uh, would have said, look, yeah, we probably got this wrong. You're back in. Uh, hopefully
0: we can make some runs and get things right from here. Uh, it goes to show some of his leadership qualities as well, I think. Yeah, it does. For him to stand up to the selectors and have a crack and say, oh, I should have been in that side, and you know it. Absolutely. Yeah. So just before we go, we yes,
2: obviously spoke with Spencer Johnson yes. uh, about the Redbacks' success, which is great to see. We, The Redbacks knocked off Victoria. Easy win in the end. 136 they bowled him out for. Spence took a couple himself, and Andrew took three. Two for 137, chased it down well with Henry Hart making 63. So the Redbacks will take on WA in Perth on Wednesday the 8th of March at the Wacker. In the Marsh Cup final, so yep. WA been incredible all year, but hopefully we can go over there and get some silverware.
0: Wednesday week, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a, a great show. Uh, thanks to Spencer Johnson, Joey Signor from the Eagles will be with us on Sample Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, have fun, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow on the summer edition of Sports Day SA.
1: You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.